Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. For all the conversation out there in the world about who's going to be drafted and what quarterback is going to come to the NFL, this year will be defined by one thing. This is the summer of quarterback contracts. And the first huge domino just fell. The market has changed. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can also tell your smart speakers, yo, play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and HD. I'll be honest, like we were ready to start with the Lakers and the Grizzlies. We got a lot to say about the NBA playoffs. We were ready to fire off, and here we are sitting doing the final touches on the show, and all of a sudden, bam, huge news. The Eagles and quarterback Jalen Hurts have reached agreement on a five-year, I'll say that again, Five-year, $255 million extension, including $179.3 million guaranteed, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Monday. With the deal, Hertz becomes the highest-paid player in NFL history. And for anyone that wants to quickly say, well, you can get out of these contracts, <laughs> should be pointed out, this is a first. There is a no-trade clause in this contract. That is a first in Eagles History, Harry, that is a statement that they are invested and confident in this money. Now, let me start here, Fitz, because we had a wonderful slate of games this weekend in the NBA playoffs, and they were phenomenal, and we're going to get to those. But that also lets you know that football is king. Mm. Football is king because Jalen Hurts has taken over everything sports-wise and sports conversations because of this contract. And you know the first thing I'm going to say about this contract? It's well-deserved. You talk about a guy who threw for 3,700 yards. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, ran for 760 and 13 touchdowns, was an MVP candidate, and I still believe nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I love him. If Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt this season, I believe he would have won MVP. Put on a hell of a showing in the Super Bowl, worked hard, had question marks coming into the season, but he believed in himself. He believed in his training. And he got to a point to where he was – I'll say the carrier for this football team. We've seen the Eagles with him this season. We've seen the Eagles without him. So the money that he just got, five years, $255 million, which equates to $51 million per year, is, 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 is I would say it's earned. It's earned by a guy who is cool, calm, and collected, a guy who doesn't complain, a guy who works hard, a guy who leads by an example, a guy that's the face of the franchise in Philadelphia. What was it? $179.3 million guaranteed. I'm happy for Jalen Hurts, but it wasn't given to him. It was earned, and it's well-deserving for that young man. So let me be a troll for a second, but not mm-hmm. towards Jalen Hurts. Let, let, this is really stunning to me, and I'll credit our great uh, research department. I'll credit Field Yates. I know he tweeted this out, and Evan, our producer, put this up on the screen. Uh, Highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL in new money average per year. Okay, so that's where we are average per year, highest-paid. Now, obviously, not all of this is guaranteed, but highest-paid. Highest Jalen Hurts now $51 million, right? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, $49 million. I, I don't think there's anybody that would question 
Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. By the way, Patrick Mahomes is fifth on that list at $45 million. What's amazing to me through the rest of the list is Kyler Murray. Well, people have their questions. Deshaun Watson, even just if we just take what we saw on the field last year, wasn't good enough. Daniel Jones, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, each of those fan bases are like, Meh. Like the 10 highest paid quarterbacks by average value, annual value this year. Nobody's going to question Hurts, Rodgers, Mahomes, or Josh Allen in my mind. The other six are kind of all, eh. It's weird to me that that's what we are in. Now, we're in a world where $40 million buys you a quarterback. Well, that's 2023, right? And it's, you know, which quarterback is up next? And I think the fear of a lot of these teams losing their quarterback, they want to take care of them outside of Baltimore. Uh, Obviously, they didn't have any fear because they haven't paid Lamar Jackson yet. But when you look at everyone else on that list, you know, the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, that, that offense was centered around him last season, right? They were fourth in rushing. He was fourth individualized, uh, individually in rushing the National Football League as well. But, you, you know, the quarterback position, you got to have that setting stone. And I think when you look at a lot of these teams, they're saying to themselves, you know what? Who are we going to have and who are we going uh, to get if we don't have our guy? So we might as well pay our guy. And then it's, it's, it's whatever's next on the market. Right. You just mentioned, you know, the other other quarterbacks. You got Lamar Jackson. You got Justin Herbert. You got Joe Burrow. Those are the three guys that are next, not in no particular order. So I'm I'm, cu- I'm curious to see what those guys are going to get, especially Justin Herbert, because Justin Herbert didn't go to a Super Bowl. He doesn't have a playoff win. He hasn't been up for the MVP award yet. So I'm interested to see what he's going to get. Well, I think there's also this moment of looking at what Jalen Hurts got. Versus what Kyler Murray got, because according to some reports at this point, and again, this is very early in the contract process, but Kyler Murray got about one hundred and eighty nine and a half million of his money was guaranteed. Hertz is getting one hundred and seventy nine point three guaranteed. We don't know how much of that's guaranteed for what or how that plays out yet. We don't have those details. But it is, Harry, a little interesting to me. Like, I keep asking, when are we going to hit whatever it seems like the ceiling is? Like, hey, man, we just can't do more than that. In some ways, you could make the argument that five years, $255 million and 1793 of it fully guaranteed is a bargain for the team. Like, he cut his team a deal because he could have dug his heels in and said, hey, whatever Kyler Murray got guaranteed, I want more. Like, he has the highest average annual value, but we all know it's about these guarantees. Well, yes, I, I I actually think he gave the Philadelphia Eagles a slight home t- home team um, hometown discount, right? With that number, that guaranteed money, because I would think any one of those guys coming up, including Jalen Hurts, when you see Kyler Murray got one hundred and eighty nine and a half million dollars guaranteed, I would think any of those guys would eclipse that and, and get more money than what Kyler Murray got, especially with the success those guys have been able to, have been able to have outside of Justin Herbert, you know, more so than Kyler Murray. Um, but I, but I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Jalen Hurts, but I want to see how the needle moves for everyone else moving forward. And behind him, uh, he, he was the first this offseason to get his money. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, the Eagles didn't waste any time doing this. They said, you know, that they were actually going to get this done. Uh, the, they said what they said and they got it done. Yeah, Howie well, Roseman, he's the man. And now the Eagles, <laughs> the Eagles have a difficult situation in front of them too. I mean, you and I have addressed yep. this year. Uh, they knew that they were going to have a lot of people walk out the door. That's just the way free agency was going to hit the Eagles. So now they've got to make sure that they're building this roster in the right way. It, it should be pointed out that this is obviously a $255 million extension. So they've got a little bit of time and we don't know again how the contracts worked out. But now it becomes more important than ever. Like, All eyeballs need to be on the Eagles, particularly Philly, in the draft. Because I say this all the time. The the concept, and I know everybody's heard me say it, the concept that you can't win once you pay your quarterback 
has been disproven. We've given you the numbers a hundred times on this show about the fact that you can pay your quarterback and still win. You need to have a great quarterback on a really good football team that's hot at the right time to get to a Super Bowl. It's really simple metrics when you look at it that way. That means the Eagles are going to have to draft well. If you spend this much at the quarterback position, you are going to have to hit first, second, third, fourth round draft picks, Harry, like that becomes more important than ever because you can't just rely on free agency to make up for your misses in the draft. The Eagles now have more pressure. I believe in the infrastructure that they have, though. Mm -hmm. I I believe in what the Eagles are doing. It's it's not far, you know, that they they won a Super Bowl, right? And, you know, we've seen them last year make the necessary moves to bring guys in when other guys were banged up to try to make this run and win a Super Bowl last year. They fell short. But I do believe that they have the infrastructure and they have the right people in place to be able to draft well and get the best out of the players that they do have actually out there on the football field. But let me walk something back really quick because I, you know, I said I had to exclude Justin Herbert when it came to Kyler Murray. No, I'm not. Uh, Justin Herbert is a better quarterback. He's accomplished more than Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray doesn't have a playoff win either. Uh, for a point of reference, by the way, the Eagles picked twice in the first round, 10 and 30. So we'll see what they do with those picks. They have a lot of ammunition to build this roster, but they're going to have to do it. Now, you mentioned But they, but they, got, they got their main guys, though. They yeah. kept their main guys. That was the most important thing for this Eagles team. Now, you mentioned Hurts, the first quarterback to get his extension. He won't be the last. I'm telling you, this is going to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for about... Two seconds. What's it mean for the other deals for the quarterbacks that are waiting? And particularly, what's it mean? Is it good news or bad news for Lamar? There's two ways you can look at it. We'll tell you both of them next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The 2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station. It all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jalen Hurts is buying dinner for his family, his friends, and his teammates for quite a while. He is very, very, very rich today. And it is very, very deserved. The question is, now what for everybody else waiting to get theirs? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You all know you can chime in. Jalen Hurts gets a five-year, $255 million extension. That prices him out as the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL in new money average per year at $51 million, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers. For all of you that are rolling your eyes saying, well, it's funny money, 179.3 of it is guaranteed. We'll We'll get more breakdowns on it. Harry, uh, you, you've got a finger up automatically. I what I do, because i got to give a shout-out to Jalen Hurts' agent, Nicole Lynn of Clutch Sports, and what she's been able to do, and also Jalen Hurts surrounding himself with an all-female team. So it just lets you know she helped negotiate that deal that women are phenomenal, and we got to give them their credit where credit is due. And she is a rising star in the agent world, 100%, uh, with some big clients that are all getting very rich. She does her job incredibly well. And uh, to your point, now you've got $179 million in, in guarantees. And we mentioned it earlier, like if there are two other quarterbacks right now that are up for deals that don't know what's going on, and there's Lamar. Let's start with the two other quarterbacks that are up for deals, and that one would be Justin Herbert. So the Chargers now have a sort of a baseline here with with Hurts. Now, 
Uh, Herbert's a little difficult for me because, frankly, I I cannot say this loud enough. Justin Herbert is a very, very, very good quarterback. I think he is really phenomenal. All right, let me say that loud. And frankly, I wish he was the Raiders quarterback. I got to say that as these Chargers fans come at me here every time I say anything. They're like, you're just biased. Let me be clear. Justin Herbert is better than anybody that is on the Raiders roster at quarterback position. That is a very easy take. So while I can admit that my favorite team does not have a quarterback, I can also look at it and say, I don't know that Justin Herbert, for all he's accomplished, has accomplished something that puts him ahead of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. And, you know, Justin Herbert, no one in their first two seasons has been better than him at the quarterback position, right? We know all the records that he was able to break. Uh, made the playoffs for the first time in his third year. Now, they were also up 27 to nothing in that ball game in which the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was led by uh, Trevor Lawrence, came back and won that game. So I can't get that stench out of my mind or out of my nose. I just can't. I can't ignore the fact that they were up 27 to nothing in a playoff football game and ended up losing. Now, I can see, you know, Justin Herbert getting a little bit shy, but we also got to look at the family that owns the Chargers, right? They aren't big spenders, or I should say they don't believe in just throwing money away. And I don't think it's throwing money away when you're talking about quarterback play in Justin Herbert because I think he's phenomenal. But at the same time, you want to have team success while compensating the people that you need to compensate on your roster. Justin Herbert is a big part of what the Chargers are going to do, but I don't see him eclipsing $179.3 million when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who led you to a Super Bowl, who was an MVP candidate. We see the leadership. We see he's vocal when he needs to be. See him calming his coach down when his coach is probably doing something he shouldn't be doing, right? We've seen all those intangibles, but I don't want to make a mistake because I don't want people to take this the wrong way. I just don't see Justin Herbert eclipsing that knowing what Jalen Hurts has meant to the Philadelphia Eagles and what he's done in the National Football League this past season especially. I think the the hard part on Herbert, and just being like real for a second, if you can pay Justin Herbert all the money in the world, you're still going to have the second best quarterback in your division, which means you better have a better coach than Andy Reid. That's probably not going to happen. So now you better build a better roster top to bottom than Kansas City has built. You're going to have to have better coaches because you don't have a better quarterback and you're also going to have to better have a better roster. That is hard to do, as I said earlier. you got to nail it in the draft, but also you're in the same division where Patrick Holmes is making $45 million a year. Next man up is the way contracts work. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm not even talking out of both sides of my mouth. I can just understand why that's hard for the Chargers when you're like, look, I realize that you want around $51 million, but Mahomes is making 45 He's better, and they're better than we are. Like You're, you're paying top dollar to be the second-best team for the, decade, for the next and decade. He has two Super Bowls, too, to back it up, you know? And he's won that division, uh, what, since 2016? I mean, you can ignore well, that. the Chiefs have won, I think, since 2016. But Patrick Mahomes has won it every time he's been a starting quarterback. You can ignore that when you're in a different division. If you're in the NFC, you don't give a damn about Patrick Holmes, Mahomes. I'm just saying, if you're sitting in the West and you're getting your ass kicked by the Chiefs, it hurts a little bit more to write that contract to Justin Herbert. We yeah. can agree, though, there's no question on Joe Burrow, right? Like, Joe Burrow's agent goes in and says, whatever the top guy is, I want. Like, like you know, it's like the old Eddie Murphy where it's like, Eddie, I want half. He comes and he's like, I want 20% more. I want 20%. Whatever the top guy is, I want 20% more. Because I did this with the damn Bengals. Like, give me 20% more. Well, especially when our offensive line was terrible, he was able to lead. But I think Joe, all these quarterbacks are different in their own way, right? And, and, and they all have the, their, their pros and they have their cons. But when you look at a guy like Joe Burrow, if you're talking about a pure pocket passer, he's the guy that you want. 
right? And he's more elusive than people give him credit for, too. So I think Joe Burrow's going to be able to ask for what he wants, and he's probably going to be able to get it. Well, and this is what makes it all interesting for Lamar, right? Because at some point, Lamar has been, uh, you know, I think very, very dug in, at least from what we've heard about Deshaun Watson and what his contract is. If we go through this summer and we see Hertz and Herbert and Burrow all take deals that aren't fully guaranteed, that is only going to continue to put more ammunition on the side of the other owners that say, look, there's just no, like, we're not going to do this for you if that wasn't done for Joe Burrow. All of yes. this becomes more proof of concept that that's the way business should be done. So uh, what I'm really paying attention to when it comes to Lamar is that 179.3. That's how much was guaranteed on Jalen Hurts deal. So if I'm Lamar, I'm looking at that saying, okay, show me what the guarantees are like. And maybe through that, we'll actually figure out what the value of my contract should be. Well, I will say this about Lamar also, right? When you look at Justin Herbert and you want to know what his guaranteed money is going to be. Now, I'm not a believer of, you know, other people watching other people's pockets and deciding that, you know, I want this because of this. I'm a believer. Go with your value. But at the same time, you have to view the situations and understand what is going on. If you have these guys that play the quarterback position at a very, very high level and they're not getting guaranteed deals – I, I don't I just don't know if that's going to work in your favor if you're Lamar Jackson, right? Deshaun Watson, um, at the moment, it's looking like it was an outlier, right? The, the the Haslam family they were they were itching for a quarterback. They gave him 230 million dollars guaranteed. When you look at you know the Philadelphia Eagles, they love Jalen Hurts. They gave him his money. Justin Herbert's going to be next. Joe Burrow's going to be after that. So if you're looking at it from Lamar's perspective, if you're Lamar. I think at some point, and no one else gets guaranteed money, you're going to have to look at that and say, okay, maybe I did misjudge you know, what the market may be for the quarterback position. Maybe I need to come down a little bit and take something else that's feasible for both me and also the Ravens organization. Well, and one thing the Ravens have made clear is they would like Lamar back. And one thing reports have made clear is that the Ravens offered him, at one point I think it was $200 million in guarantees. So, you know, if they look through the whole market, and this is, I make this analogy a lot, I know, Harry, but this is a lot like putting your house up for sale. Like, you might think your house is worth a million dollars, and the real estate agent that is trying to help you is like, no, it's really worth half a million. And you're dug in, no, it's worth a million. Well, then you put it on the market and you realize that all the houses around you are selling and yours isn't. At some point, you have to adjust your value, right? Like, so all of these contracts coming through will, one way or the other, help adjust the value of Lamar. If if, If Joe Burrow comes in with only the second fully guaranteed contract we've ever seen, if that's important to him, and that's what the Bengals give him, then Lamar's going to sit back and say, okay, I see that. If Joe Burrow comes in and he doesn't want that at all, and according to some reports, that's that's the way he's leaning. He doesn't want fully guaranteed. I believe everything when I see it in numbers, right? So, like, when we actually get the numbers, more numbers is more data. And there's certainly no shame in Lamar waiting till all the numbers come out to figure out where he wants to sit in this. Well, I also think, you know, that would – play right into the the Ravens organization in their hands, right? If you have Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow all getting new deals and none of those guys get it guaranteed, that then they're sitting in the spot that we're, they're just going to present it to Lamar like, hey, look, none of these other guys that you're competing with in the AFC that, that we view as upper echelon and top quarterbacks in the league are taking guaranteed deals. Here's what we're going to offer. And Lamar's going to have to understand and look at that and say, you know what? Okay, maybe I need to look at it from a different lens. Yeah, more info is not a bad thing in this process. So uh, it is interesting. Again, this is all on the breaking news that Jalen Hurts has reached an agreement on a five-year, $255 million extension 
that includes $179.3 million guaranteed. Also, significant here. For everyone, myself included, I have sat on there and I've said, it's easy to get out of these contracts. Look, Philly did it with Carson Wentz. Well, they won't be able to do that here. The Hurts extension includes, for the first time in Eagles history, a no-trade clause. So, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts are married for the next five years, barring some strange incident through all of this. So, we'll keep you updated on all the information as we get more details on the contract. We'll make sure you get those uh, also. But, we've waited 30 minutes. I know you guys are ready for it. Lakers fans, I'm up. I hear Uh you. And guess what? I'm not scared. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I mean, we're creating show beef here. (laughs) Fitz and Harry, that was Max Kellerman and Jay Will and I don't know, some pumpy guy that used to be a tight end for the Dolphins. I don't know. I don't know where it played. Nobody remembers. Uh, ESPN Radio. Uh, that's our good buddies, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, uh, hanging out with us uh, in the morning. I, look, I got under their skin last week. I said that we were doing everything we could, bending over backwards to suddenly turn an old team into, yeah, they needed the play-in game, which I still think is trash logic. Let me just say this. First and foremost, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz, and Harry. I will say this loud. As my brother Harry Douglas always says, I'll say it with my chest. One, I ain't scurred after one game. It's not a best-of-one series, contrary to popular belief. Two, and this is important here, I don't think there's any possibility that they won that game because they played the play-in game. So let's just reduce that trash. Now that we've taken all of that trash and thrown it away in the trash can where it belongs, Harry, the Lakers did get a big win in Memphis. And I am willing to sit up here and say, although my Menchies get destroyed for it, it is a big win for L.A. They got a big win by doing everything we weren't sure if they could do. They got scoring all over the place. They were able to get a big win. I give them credit for that, Harry. No, I will say this. And remember, Fitz, I said if, if the Lakers wanted an opportunity to win this series, I think the best chance would be winning game one. They were able to do that, right? But how did they do it? They were able to do it because you got a lot of scoring from Hachimura, Rui Hachimura, who scored 29 points off the bench, hitting threes left and right. I believe it was five he hit. But also Austin Reeves was a huge boost um, and scoring 23 points. And I can't get over the fact, I'm him! I'm him! I love it. The man had been to a lot of cookouts. I'm going to say it over and over again. He's invited to mine if he wants to come. Just telling you, Austin Reeves. But AR balled out. But you got AD. You got the production from AD. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks. But when this team needed to step up defensively, like we actually seen them in the Minnesota game late in that one, they were able to do so, Fitz. So I can't ignore those simple facts. And then D'Angelo Russell, he wasn't missing like he was on the back of that milk carton in Minnesota uh, against Minnesota. Excuse me. uh, I should say at home. But he showed up, scored 19 points and was very valuable to the team. I think if, if the Lakers can continue to get production like this from those three guys, Austin Reeves, Hashimura, and also D'Angelo Russell, I think they're a team that can make some noise. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to go all the way to the NBA Finals. I wouldn't take it that far, but I do like what those guys present when they're chipping in and adding their pieces to the puzzle. 
It can't just be LeBron James. It just can't be Anthony Davis. The supporting cast has to also do their part in order for this Laker team to make some noise in the Western Conference. And, and all of that is 100% true. And Hachimura is somebody that you've been high on all year, right? There's no doubt about yeah. it. We've been him very, and Austin Reeves, though. Right. No, but, but I mean, for this particular conversation, Hachimura yeah. did things that he doesn't ever do. I mean, he yeah. scored at a level we don't ever see. He was the biggest off-the-bench scoring uh, problem we've seen in a Lakers game since 1970 and 71. Like, we're not talking about, oh, this was a good game. We're talking about this was a historic night. They decided to leave him open, and he hit his shots. Like, I will give him credit all day, every day, but do I think that that's going to be replicated night in and night out in a series? No. I, I Like, I think there's a way to credit what we saw there, which was a great game, but also say, I'm not sure that just keeps running itself back. Now, LeBron obviously had plenty to say about Hachimura's big game after, at the press conference afterwards. This is what he said. Huge. Um, like you said, he had timely shots. They made runs in the third quarter. You know, he had two threes in a row. You know, they made another run, you know, in the fourth quarter. He had another three off of AR, pump fake drive behind the back pass. He also had a, um, a beautiful turnaround baseline ju- uh, jumper uh, by a bench. Um, but he was just on time, on target all night tonight, and, and we needed that, um, you know, especially coming off the bench, um, especially as, as well as their benches. You know, they got so many great players to come off their bench. So we was able to counter that where we began. Hey, Fitz. Yeah. LeBron James, he, he really loves Austin Reeves, don't you? You hear how he described it? You know, AR pump fake behind the back pass. Mm-hmm. Just say AR hit him with the pass. That's how you know he really loves Austin Reeves. He described it to a T. He described it to a T. But phenomenal, Hachimura. And I'm going to say this when you have a LeBron James, when you have an Anthony Davis on your team, that's why it's imperative to surround people like LeBron James with shooters because you know the double teams are going to come because LeBron is that physical force and can basically get buckets uh, when he want them. So if you're going to double team him, then you got to have the people, the pieces around LeBron that can knock down, I call them warm-up shots, even though they're game situations. But if you LeBron's getting double teamed and he throw it to a Hachimura who's shooting wide open shots, it's a warm-up shot. Damn it, you better make it. You're a pro. So if they're going to continue to get those shots – I would bank on them making them uh, more so of the time if they're wide open versus contested shots. I don't disagree with you, but I'm also going to be a nerd for a second. Second Spectrum, uh, which does all the advanced analytics on all these games, uh, the Lakers, per second Spectrum, the Lakers posted an 81.3 effective field goal percentage in the second half. That was their highest in any half this season. That was 30 percentage points higher then the analytics would have expected in the same situation. They're best in any half, the third best by any team in the second half all year. By the advanced metrics, they had an unsustainably great second half. Now, I know advanced metrics people, their eyes gloss over, but that means something. It tells you that the Lakers were shooting lights out. On a day where Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, frankly, I mean, put up a ton of points, played a beautiful basketball game, really elevated uh, the way a lot of people see him, and was careful with his foul situation, which you and I said he needed to be, especially against Scott Foster and that sort of crew. Like, on that game, like Jaron Jackson Jr. did everything he needed to do. Bain was shooting poorly early on, which was something we said we were looking out for. Didn't matter. He got He righted that in the second half. The Grizzlies were able to figure out how to play within the way the refs were calling it. They stayed out of foul trouble. When Ja went out of this game, despite the fact that the Lakers were hitting on every single cylinder, when Ja went out of this game, 
It was a one-point game. So to me, this is really simple. If Ja misses this series, I'm screwed. My mentions are going to be terrible forever, and I'm going to have to deal with it. If Ja's back, I'm not worried. I think this was a great game by the Lakers, but I'm not going to sit here and turn around and turn one game into a great series. It's not best of one. Whoa, it's the difference between Ja being out there and being effective and Ja just being out there. I'm concerned about that right hand, which is his dominant hand, which he shoots with. Right, Because you want Ja to be out there. You want him to be productive. You want him to uh, get in buckets. But let's just say, you know, Ja's coming down the court multiple times. He's going through the lane. Guys are going to be hitting that hand, you know, uh, with, with elbows and, you know, stripping at the basketball. And then on the defensive end, he's going to probably be hesitant to sticking his hand anywhere, trying to bat passes down and, and get steals and stuff. So all these things have to, you know, you have to factor in and, and play into consideration. If Ja is not going to be Ja, and then he's going to be hesitant and he can't give them that offensive, you know, um, I'll say load that he gives a night in, night, night out that he's playing. I think it might be the Lakers series to lose. Now, I'm not going to overreact to one game, but I thought it was very imperative for the Los Angeles Lakers to win that first one. Not only did they win that first one, the superstar player for the Memphis Grizzlies is now hurt. And after the game, the way he sounded, it didn't sound too promising. Well, we have been promising about Austin Reeves. When we come back, you'll hear what LeBron had to say about the newest Lakers superstar. Plus, all of these issues for the Grizzlies create a long-term issue also that they need to figure out right now. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, my hot take could end up being just fine because of this, but the Lake, the Grizzlies season could be over. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. That's Stefania Bell giving us a breakdown on John Moran's injury. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz, and we hear sore hand, shooting hand, and pain management, Harry, and it's frightening, but I just had this epiphany. I had this realization as I'm listening to Stefania be the smartest person in the world, as she always is, right? All I kept thinking about, follow me here. I said the Lakers would never win a first-round series. Well, when John went out of the game, it was a one-point game, right? So it was a close game. <laughs> now I have deniability. If John never plays another minute in this series, I just can clap back to everybody and be like, I'm sorry, I couldn't anticipate an injury for John. This actually protects me in the grand. I'm the worst. you don't stop it, you stop it right now. Injuries happen to be a part of the game. But the pain tolerance thing, man, it's – it's going to be something. It's going to be something for John ja Morant because he is carrying the uh, basketball. He is the point guard of, of this team, and you want him to have control over the game from that position. But if, you know, the pain is, is too much for him to be able to handle dribbling the basketball. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm picking John ja Morant up if he's out there, 94 feet. Mm. I'm, I'm, make, I'm making it hell for him. Also, when he goes to that lane, I'm chopping. I'm chopping hard. I'm not chopping soft. And I'm not talking about no damn wood, but I'm chopping at that hand, chopping at that arm to try to see how Ja Morant's going to react to it. All these things you got to play into consideration when it comes to Ja Morant. Also, and Stefania Bell just mentioned it, you talk about Ja setting up his shot. How comfortable is he going to be getting to his sweet spot and then raising up and shooting with that hand if it's not feeling uh, correctly or feeling well? Also, you got to remember when people challenge your shot, sometimes, you know, your follow-through – they're hitting your hand as well. So all these things you got to think about when it comes to John Morant playing the next game. But I also will say this. I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies can afford to go down 0-2 in this series either. 
I just, I just, that's where I'm at with it, Fitz. Yeah, and it's interesting. I'll defer to you here. You would know the answer to this. I won't. Uh, you know, so often we hear an injury situation with an athlete, and the first thought is like, well, you know, give them some sort of medicine, give them some pain, whatever, and they'll be just fine. But it feels like, particularly when you're talking about a basketball player and their dominant hand, you've got to feel the ball coming off your hand so well. It just, I don't think you can, essentially, let me be stupid the way I say this, I don't think you can numb it and then just be like, all right, hand's numb, I'll be just fine. Like, you've still got to actually feel the ball and control the ball. And, I mean, I can't imagine for you catching footballs, you know, it's different when it's your hands and you've got to be able to actually feel your fingers. Yeah, that will be that will actually be the worst thing you can do because you do want that feeling. Um, I've had multiple hand injuries, and you know you tape them some kind of way. You try to adjust and catch the football a, a different kind of way. But even catching the ball, like say a, say a teammate throws a hard pass at John Morant, like that's that's gonna make him feel it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe that they're gonna give him some medicine to take to kind of take some of the pain away as well if he does go out there and play in game two. But you know, at, even at some time that wears off. Is this a matter of pain tolerance and feel, and can you be able to suck it up? That, that's where we're at with John Morant right now. Well, everybody's wondering if he'll play in game two, and they were wondering that at the press conference. This is how that question went down. Coach said that the x-rays were negative, so that's some good news. Any doubt in your mind you're going to be able to play Wednesday night in game two? Yeah. There is yeah, jeopardy, yeah. jeopardy, you think? Yeah. I mean, oh. that's, that's pretty staggeringly honest. And here's the hard part for Memphis. Like, And all of my hot takes about the Lakers aside, when you look at the Grizzlies, last year they were a team that played incredibly well in the regular season, needed to find that next gear in the playoffs, and they had to try and do it without Ja. Now they find themselves in a situation where they get a difficult matchup against a team that really is incredibly talented, that obviously has the superstars that can beat anybody. The role players went off last night. They're in this urgency, and I don't know how you figure out what's right for the Grizzlies moving forward even if you just continue to not be able to get the full body of work to judge them on in the playoffs. No jaw is such a damaging thing to this roster. Now there's no Steven Adams, no jaw. I mean, the, the, the list just goes on and on for the Grizzlies. I don't know long-term how you can even get a read on what you need to do if you don't get sustained playoff success from your best player. Well, I, I would say this right now for, for the, the, the moment now at this, at this time, I think Tyus Jones is going to have to step up tremendously. He's a good right? player. Yeah, he is. He's, and he's been able to step up when Ja's been out, not only this, past, this year, but the, you know, two years ago as well. Right? He, he went on a hell of a run playing defense, getting guys the ball in their spots, and also being a scorer. But I think Zaire Williams, he's going to have to step up more. He only played like one minute the other night. Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard cannot have seven points. He had seven points the other night. was two for five from the field, one for four from the three-point line. He is a guy also they're counting on to make shots from the outside. That's another reason why the Memphis Grizzlies made that trade with the Clippers because Luke Kennard could bring you that offense. Right, So I think those three guys are going to really have to step up tremendously if Ja Morant isn't out there on the floor because you're missing a lot when he's not out there. You're missing a superstar player. Yeah, and, and at some point, as has been well covered, Hachimura and Reeves scored more points combined in the fourth quarter than the Grizzlies did as a team, right? And you start thinking about that is that was the difference in this game. You, you talk about uh, the Lakers creating off the dribble wildly. They shot 55% off the dribble, dribble in that game, particularly good in the fourth quarter, much better than Memphis. Like, Memphis is going to look back at that 
that game one and realize that there are some reasons that they lost the game from the Lakers' standpoint, but also it's very clear that the rest of the guys for Memphis need to step up, which, in fairness, was your concern the whole time. Where are they going to get secondary scoring from? They got some secondary scoring, but you are going to have to have that third tier of scoring if you let their third tier go off. If their third tier is dominating your third tier like that, you are going to have a problem. Yeah, bench points and the production and the minutes, right? Because you can have somebody come in for 15 minutes, but if that person could come in for 15 and give you seven to eight points, that'd be good, right? Collectively, it's going to have to be done. I just don't know if they have the foul power collectively to be able to get over the hump. And if they go down 0-2 in this series, I'm counting on the Lakers to go ahead and bring it home. If they go down 0-2 in this series, we're going to have to call a celebrity chef to teach me how to eat crow. That's the only thing I'm going to be able to do is just uh, make a nice little crow dish at home and uh, you know, see if butter and garlic can really fix anything because I don't know what crow tastes like, but I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna find that out if the Grizzlies go down But like you 0-2. mentioned, though, also, this is this is big for Taylor Jenkins, their head coach, too, moving, moving forward. It's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. All right, there's an opportunity in the NFL right now. Jalen Hurts is a very rich man after a new market has been set with his mega deal today. We will ask somebody that knows better than anybody what that means for everybody else's market next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 